Hello, and welcome to episode 3 of the Courtside Podcast, an NBA podcast. This episode is brought to you by YouTube channels Highway Temptation and Captain Barbo. Captain Barbo's YouTube channel is bringing out content every single Friday this week. As well, Highway Temptation is on a really interesting series as they go through every single Sonic game ever created. So don't forget to subscribe to those channels as well to the podcast. Welcome back, everybody, for episode three of the Courtside Podcast. And we had a real interesting weekend of NBA basketball. We don't have anything today, today being the 4th of April. Unfortunately, we have no basketball today. and will probably be the last time we do for the entire regular season. So nothing really bad for that hiccup, but it does give us a little bit of a break of what's going on with the NBA and all these seedings and clinching scenarios and from the weekend that we had, we had a lot of great performances. I mean, Embiid got 44 the other night against Cleveland. And then on April Fool's Day, Friday, Robert Covington scored 43 points. And that was coming off of 15 and 24 shooting from the field. I mean, that's like 62 and a half field goal percentage and played, what, 43 minutes and 33 seconds overall for that game for the Clippers, which I do not believe that Paul George was at all in that game. So that was... Real interesting to see because I knew the Clippers were a really dominant team, especially with their death right now in that roster, that they could still be able to compete. But they beat out Milwaukee there in great fashion in Milwaukee. And as a play-in team, they really look everything but that. They look like they could possibly be a playoff team that could easily make the first round if they wanted to. I mean, currently, right now, they stand at the 8th spot in the Western Conference and has already been clinched in for a play-in. However, who knows? Maybe they beat out Minnesota and then have a real interesting series against the Memphis Grizzlies, who actually beat out Phoenix the other day, too. So this will be a real interesting time in the NBA. No games today, but a great time for recap. In this episode, we're going to go based on the clinching, what we saw over the weekend, and as well, of course, we have to talk about the Lakers and the Spurs. I know that's been kind of a reoccurring thing so far in the episodes of this podcast early on in its history. But I'm telling you right now, it's probably the only time where you'll really talk about the Lakers as much as you do besides LeBron James. And that's where we're going to start off right now with the Lakers remaining schedule being against teams, a majority of them above 500. They have to play against Phoenix tomorrow on Tuesday, and that will be at Phoenix. Then he had to travel a little bit farther more west back to the California state to go against Golden State. And that'll be at the Warriors house in Oracle. And then they play their final home game at the Crypto Center. And that'll be against OKC. And OKC, still a hard matchup, young, gritty team. That seems to be their best team to face off to get a win. Because after that, they go against Denver in Denver. On the 10th of April. And that will be the last game of the schedule. And so far right now. It's almost as if. You know. Mathematically. They're still there. But it's not. Really. Going to happen. For at least me. Looking at that schedule. And the way that the Lakers are. Kind of on a down slope right now. Especially. You know. Saw Anthony Davis talking about. Kind of where the Lakers were. And just. What could have been. If Anthony Davis was healthy for the entire year. If LeBron James was healthy the entire year. But. I don't even think that it was really just those two and their health. We talk about a team without a bench. We talk about a team that got rid of their bench for Westbrook, got rid of their young stars for Westbrook, 
got rid of their future for Westbrook. And not even that, there was actually a segment on first take earlier today where they had Magic Johnson in the building and they went into depth on what could have been with DeMar DeRozan. DeMar DeRozan, who is basically a star player in Chicago, not an all-star this year, but is having one of those seasons where it's it should have been an all-star season. But, you know, there's not a lot of spots in the East for that. But besides the point, get back on track there. The Los Angeles Lakers and Magic Johnson, who was at the time in the front office there, were bound to make a deal to bring DeMar back home to his home city of Los Angeles. And somehow, in some way, it fell through due to the fact that LeBron James won a Westbrook in L.A. Now, I don't know about you, but the fact that LeBron James was over a front office is ridiculous to me. And I understand the idea of, oh, but best player in the world, LeBron GM, this is something we shouldn't be, you know, batting an eye at. But come on, I'm sorry. But you're a front office in the NBA. You got there for those positions, either that be president or the GM. You got there for a reason, you know. It wasn't because of another player picking you up. I mean, I understand players are the main process of how a team develops. But you cannot tell me that somebody on the roster, as good as LeBron is, can change my mind of a billion-dollar franchise. I don't even care if LeBron is a business himself. You cannot change a billion-dollar franchise into thinking that, hey, this is probably the best thing for me right now. Because why not have a reunion? Why not make jersey sales? Are you kidding me? The Los Angeles Lakers have a high standard. Their fans have a high standard. And that standard should be met every single year. But now this just becomes a mediocre run and the bubble was probably the only thing that you can even say about this Lakers team in the past, I would have to say, almost a decade since the last time they won a championship. So within the last decade, they've been on a spiral of losing seasons, season below 500. And the crazy thing about it, they've had multiple players who are phenomenal players that they are. And LeBron James, who's considered one of the best players in the world, having two losing seasons back to back. It's mind-blowing. It really is mind-blowing, the fact that not even only do you have a losing season, but you go on to have a losing season, get beat out by Phoenix in the first round, and then you're still listening to some of the players on roster. Do what's right for the franchise. If DeMar was there, you go get DeMar. You have to go get DeMar. And I feel like this is probably one of the main issues right now in Los Angeles is that it's a player-oriented type of franchise, which is great at some points. But when you're trying to get deals and create actual team, especially in the Western Conference Day where it's so team-oriented, you're not going to be able to use the players as a type of bargaining chip. You just can't. If you got people in the right place that want to go to your team, you got to make the trade. doesn't matter who it is. You just got to make the trade. I mean, the Westbrook scenario was the worst trade I've seen in this offseason recently. Worst trade I've seen. We're talking about Russell Westbrook, who wasn't showing anything in his remaining years in Houston, let alone his time in D.C., which they actually went to the play-in, lost against the Boston Celtics, and actually went on to be absolutely eliminated by an easy factor. You cannot tell me that that was a good offseason move from the Los Angeles Lakers last year because you got rid of Kuzma, you got rid of Caldwell Pope, Right there, those are guys who are efficient on the offensive side. And one of them could possibly be, I mean, I don't know if he'd be a starter in the future for the Lakers for many years, but Kuzma can definitely be a piece that would be 
use as a priority in their offense. No doubt in my mind in the future, especially if LeBron's bound to leave either due to his age or due to whatever his contract tells him to do. So I always found that really upsetting. And I'm not even a Laker fan at all. But I just think that the situation that's going on in Los Angeles should be looked under a microscope by somebody in psychology. So with that being said, the Lakers right now are not in a good spot internally, let alone on the schedule for the future for this regular season. And they're two games behind the Spurs right now. Spurs, who control the 10th seed, are 33-45. The Lakers, 31-47. So 29 games behind the first place Suns in the West is the Spurs. And the Lakers are 31 games behind Phoenix right now as the 11th seed. And the Spurs' remaining schedule is actually not that bad. They actually have to go to Denver tomorrow, which isn't really a good situation if you're going to be a team, especially in the play-in. And then after that, you have Minnesota, so you're looking possibly back-to-back losses on the road. However, however, play Golden State at home for your last game. That's a hard one, too. And then after that, for the last game of the year for the Spurs, they go to Dallas for a in-state rivalry game at the Mavericks' house. But I have to say, the way the Spurs have been playing recently... I mean, they could take down Denver in shocking fashion. They could go in there and beat Minnesota. All right. And Dallas, Dallas has been playing phenomenal across the NBA's map. I don't know how else to explain it. In Milwaukee, they win games. At Golden State, they win games. You know, in Boston, they win games. I mean, the Mavericks has been probably one of the more hotter teams going into the playoff on a hot stretch at the end of the year that I would consider that they would probably upset whoever they face in that first round. I mean, currently it wouldn't be an upset because, you know, obviously they're the fourth seed and most likely going to go against Denver in the fifth seed. But still, it's just the idea that I'm pretty sure the Mavericks will go through the first seed without even getting touched. I'm not saying a sweep, but at least five games against Denver I would be expecting out of their play from of late. So with that being said, the Spurs, in reality, would just need to win two more games at their last four, and that would probably clinch them for the play-in position. And Los Angeles, hey, you lose three of those, it's automatic. It's automatic. However, however, if the Lakers can somehow get on a great road trip with Phoenix tomorrow and Golden State, if they win those two games, they have a real chance. However, they would need to win those two. They would need to win those two. The two games behind the Spurs. The Spurs get two extra on them, and they end up slipping a little bit. And one of those away games out west, it's going to be too much for them. And actually, the Lakers are the only team in the NBA on either conference, western or east, that are still looking to clinch some sort of off-season, postseason scenario. All right? They're the only team that's still eligible for the play-in in the west, as the Sacramento Kings got eliminated the other night as they lost horribly against the Golden State Warriors. But, of course, it's the Warriors against the Kings, and let alone the fact that a team that was 29-50 and 50 throughout this season to still be eligible this late for a playoff or postseason, is, it's insane to me. That's why they got to get rid of this damn play-in thing. It's, it's no fun. It's no good. It gives these teams who are struggling no real reason to actually rebuild. All right? Says makes mediocre year after mediocre year for some of these franchises. I mean, I wouldn't even be surprised to see the Kings in the same scenario for the next five years, fighting for a play-in and being okay with it. 
and just being okay with the fact that you're mediocre and hey, you're still gonna have a postseason, so your fans will see you after the regular season. That's it's mediocre talk to me. I don't like that. That's why they definitely gotta get rid of the postseason. But we're gonna still talk about clinching spots right now, but this time we're gonna move to the Eastern Conference here. The Philadelphia 76ers clinched the playoffs last night as they beat out Cleveland 112 to 108. And actually that was the game that I told you about that we had this weekend the other day. 44 points from Joel Embiid and 17 rebounds. And I was watching that game. Joel cannot be stopped. It was a close game throughout the first half of that. But then out of nowhere, out of just complete shock in the third quarter, they went hot. Now, Philadelphia has been on a tear recently. I mean, they had a blowout game against Charlotte. They come out against Philadelphia. My apologies. They come out against Cleveland at the land in Ohio, and they end up beating them there at their own game. On a two-game win streak, they finally clinch that fourth seed. And it looks like it could still move back and forth. You know, right now they're tied in the standings with Milwaukee, going back and forth with the three and fourth seed. Boston is still a half a game above Milwaukee and Philadelphia, controlling that second seed. And then it looks like with Cleveland losing that one, they're still in the seventh seed in the play-in, but they're furthering more back away from Toronto. Toronto stands with 5.5 games behind the first seed and Cleveland at eighth seed. My apologies, at eight games behind the first seed Miami Heat at seventh seed. However, that's not even the interesting point of all this. For somehow in some way, the Brooklyn Nets have found themselves to clinch a play-in seed as well as the Charlotte Hornets as they both, as the ninth and 10th seed, are looking to be fighting for a playoff spot. However, the interesting part about all this is that Brooklyn is looking like they could possibly be a confirmed 8th seed. Now, what I mean by that, it doesn't mean that they're confirmed to go through the play and make it to the 8th seed. But, however, it is that Brooklyn, if they stay at the 10th seed throughout this entire time, and possibly even... Later on, going to the ninth seed. Ninth or 10th seed, you're only fighting for the 8th spot. And that's huge. That is huge in the Eastern Conference for seeding. Because if that's the case, it will be a Miami versus Brooklyn Nets first round. First seed versus the 8th seed. If Brooklyn does go out there and still stick here as the ninth and 10th seed after the regular season. Go through the play-in, win those two games. The 9 and 10 versus the loser of the 7 and 8. If Brooklyn still survives all that with Ramadan, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant as good as he is in the bench, who has been of a recent, probably the real reason why this team has been winning as late, that would be such an interesting series. That would be probably a series that I would watch just because there's nothing else in the first round to really watch. Unless you want to watch Milwaukee going against the Chicago Bulls, but we all know where that's going to go. All right, we all know where Milwaukee's going to go after the first round to the second round. What about Chicago after the first round? They're probably going to go to Cancun. No doubt about that in my mind. All right, I'm sorry, great team over there in Chicago, but they're not being at Milwaukee. All right, and then, I mean, we're talking about possibly Chicago can even switch with Toronto, and that wouldn't even be a series at all with Pascal Siakam doing that spin thing. Great team, Fred VanVleet, great year. But there's no way that Scotty Barnes can guard Giannis Antetokounmpo in Milwaukee. There's no way 
with how close the seeding is right now, you can match up whatever you like. I don't believe the top four seeds in the East are going to lose out in the first round. However, the Brooklyn Nets could change all that. If they stay at the eighth seed and play against Miami or possibly Boston, they can easily take that series if they wanted to. Now, Miami is a great team defensively. The Boston Celtics have the best net rating in the NBA defensive and offensive efficiency. However, the Brooklyn Nets are still a team with Kevin Durant, a good bench. And I have to say, Kyrie Irving, I mean, there's been a lot of critique about him. I understand that he hasn't been really playing as an all-star level yet, besides during the season where he was getting like a crazy load of rest. I mean, we're talking about like, what, three days of rest because he wasn't playing home games. And now he's going back and forth with the home games. He's trying to get used to that schedule. So he might not be at that all-star capacity of talent. But still, not a team I want to see in the first round. Definitely not a team I want to see in the first round. And not even that. You go through the first round, and let's say they go against Miami, right? For the AFC, if they do make it through the play-in. The Brooklyn Nets take that, and they win against Miami. They're solid. They have to go against whoever the fourth and fifth seed is after that. And that's looking like Philadelphia and Chicago as of late of basically the standings checking in on the 4th of April. It looks like it'll be either the 76ers or Chicago and Brooklyn Nets can win that series, no doubt. So even as a play-in team, they have still a higher chance than some of the other teams that are already in the playoff of top six, which is crazy about this play-in thing because I did critique it earlier. And I still am. I still don't believe that we should have this play-in thing because it just makes no sense to have a bunch of mediocre teams be even considered in a postseason. However, it gave a reason for us to at least think about, oh my goodness, this could possibly be a really interesting first series. This would have never happened in the past, but now teams like you know, the Brooklyn Nets in their scenarios where injuries happen, where the team is just offset, off-putting, and all this crazy stuff with Kyrie Irving not even playing majority of the season, let alone any home games until as of recent this month. Now they're actually a contender again. Somehow, someway as a 10th seed, they're con- considered a contender. So this will be really interesting to see how this looks like if the Brooklyn Nets, if they just stick with the 10th or 9th seed and basically lock themselves to fight for the 8th seed. It'll be really incredible to see that team go through the play-in and then somehow, some way, make it out of the first round, which I think they have a great chance. And that Miami Heat versus Brooklyn Nets series, that would be gold. I would love to see a Bam and a Bio versus Kevin Durant. I would love to see that. That would probably be one of the best defensive versus offensive matchups we'll see this year. And who knows? There might be other ones like that later on in the playoffs. I mean... Milwaukee's Giannis Antetokounmpo going against Joel Embiid in Philadelphia. It's a possibility. Zach Levine going against Jason Tatum. It's a possibility. There's a lot of great matchups that could come out in the East. And let alone, you know, there's other teams in the play-in that could possibly make it too. I mean, Atlanta could make it with Trey Young. LaMelo Ball could be making the playoffs for the first time in his young NBA career with Charlotte. And Cleveland's obviously going to be there. There's no doubt. Garland's season so far has been phenomenal. It's not going to stop. So that's what we're looking like right now in the East with all this play-in talk going on and, well, all the clinching of sorts 
for the play-in, which is kind of bringing in the seeding to it has to be this matchup, it has to be that matchup. And that kind of brings us to now our final discussion of this podcast today. As you know, we kind of ended off here with things that are going around the globe and around the United States. However, let's keep it inside the Grammys, which was something that I have to say, I like the Grammys over the Oscars. I'm not a huge movie guy. I'm more of a of a, of a musician type of guy, you know what I mean? Because those are the things I listen on the radio all the time. You know, always got Spotify on. And the free Spotify, you're trying to skip that song. And you're just going to be, I mean, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. I want to listen, I want to listen, I want to listen. You know, I'm, tr- I'm one of those guys that are just like dying to get something off my phone, you know? Plus with movies now, it's like no one's going to the movie theater recently. It's all Netflix. It's all Apple or Paramount or whatever streaming service you do. It's all that. But besides that point, at the Grammys, there was a lot of great winners. Uh, of course, uh, Tyler, the Creator, had, getting two Grammys back-to-back for Best Rap Album. The year was something to look at. Doja Cat getting a Grammy first time ever. Baby Keem getting one as well for the first time as his collab with uh, Kendrick Lamar was successful. But I have to say, I wasn't expecting a collab between Nintendo, Kirby, and Meta Knight getting a Grammy. That's right. Nintendo Kirby actually got the Grammy officially awarded to them for winning Best Arrangement Instrumental or Acapella for their take on Meta Knight's Revenge from the 1996 classic Kirby Superstar. And I don't know if there's a lot of Nintendo fans out there, but that was a classic game. Absolutely classic. Kirby, to me, top three Nintendo type of game series. Now, even that Kirby Yarn on the Wii, loved it. No doubt in my mind. Plus... I mean, Meta Knight with the whole, like, you know, orchestra, you got a huge harp in the middle of there, and plus a techno keyboard. I would I would honestly suggest that you do listen to that right now. Nintendo Kirby, who won it there for the Grammy, off their take on Meta Knight's Revenge. Look up Meta Knight's Revenge music, a cappella. Great stuff. Great stuff. And that will basically end our podcast here for episode three. I want to thank you guys again for listening in and tuning into the Courtside Podcast. And don't forget to subscribe to our sponsors' YouTube videos in the Highway Temptation as well as Captain Marvel. And to as well subscribe to the podcast itself. We'll be right back on Friday with more episodes as we wrap up the latest games in the next week. Thank you for joining in.